the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. <laughs> Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. That certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. And I understand they were voted like best in San Francisco, so that's pretty good. Nice. <laughs> uh, today's general or today's trivia theme is general trivia. Mark, you wanted to start off. Go ahead. Well, I've got a little what I like to call my Dennis Miller rant. Uh, <laughs> to start off the show today, but I hope it'll be uh, a little bit informative and and maybe entertaining. So, you know, it's Thursday afternoon, uh, February 8th. We're recording this show for Saturday, and the stock market just, well, according to the headlines on the internet, has plunged another 1,000 points. Oopers. Second time in a week, it's gone down 1,000 points. And it's down 10% from its high from last week, um, and which is officially called a correction, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guess, now, yeah, it's not a crash. I but. think most people were expecting uh, a correction sooner or later. I mean, after all, it's been going up almost continuously for a year without a correction. Right. But what, here's, my, here's my rant. You know, the Dow Jones, which used to be, in my used to be, in my opinion, a, a, a reputable. I mean, like the, just the top notch for for reputable, hard, real news. I mean, I've been reading the Wall Street Journal since I was in business school in 1981 and 1982. Okay. But ten years ago, Rupert Murdoch purchased the Wall Street Journal, and over the years, it's become more and more like the National Enquirer of business <laughs> news. And I'm serious about that because that's funny. On the on the front page of the Dow Jones uh, website today, they, they publish a chart chart showing the worst one-day point losses for the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and they called that news. The worst, really? I mean, anybody who's a stock market investor knows that you don't look at point losses. You look at percentages. And the the last 2,000-plus point drops didn't even rank in the top 10 of the worst one-day losses percentage-wise of the stock market, yet the Dow publishes a chart showing that the the worst two are one and two uh, in the all-time chart. Gotcha, Just yeah. stupid, stupid yeah, no, news. That's a, good, that's a very good point. That's number one. But and, and, and number two, 
How's the Dow Jones and the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ done in the last 12 months? Very well. From February 8th, 2017 to February 8th, today when we're recording the show of 2018. How much is that? Year over year, Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 18%. Wow. Year over year. Is that a good return? That's a very good return. The S&P 500 up 11%. And by the way, this is from a guy who's who's not necessarily a stock market uh, fan. No, I'm not. I don't own stock. (laughs) But I still get upset when the the media acts like idiots. Right. Well, it is fake news. It's crap news. And I'm really disgusted with the Wall Street Journal and, the, and this kind of stupid reporting. NASDAQ's up 18%. The other thing that kind of gets my goat, if I might say that, <laughs> is they always, they, they, whoever writes the headlines for the Wall Street Journal and, and the Bloomberg News and everybody else, they always have to come up with a reason why the stock market is down, oh, as, yeah, as if they course. know. Right. Who are yeah. they anyway? Yeah. Like the writer, whoever writes the headline is probably like the least knowledgeable guy about the stock market <laughs> in the newsroom, but oh, here's a great headline. Well, well, Dow plunges a thousand percent on worries of interest rate hikes. Well, you know, I, ask, I always ask my dad when the, when the market had dropped a significant amount, and he'd say, because there were more sellers than buyers. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. Now, now this headline all week about uh, worries about rising interest rates again rattled the markets. Really? Is it news to anybody that interest rates have been going up for the last 12 months? Is it news that we raised int- short-term interest rates three tri- times in 2017, and everyone knows who's read the news that the Fed expects to raise short-term interest rates three times more in 2018, and there is a general expectation that mortgage rates are going to be at 5% at the end of the year, because that's what all the experts were predicting back in January uh, and in December, saying, you know, we predict mortgage rates will be going up. So are rising interest rates really the reason why the market sold off this past week? No. So it's I, all, I just it's all Bitcoin's fault. Yeah, it's just fun. So, you know, and here's an article in this, on, the, on the same page of the Wall Street Journal. They have another article that says, hmm, though most traders agree that fears of rising inflation probably sparked the most recent stock market sell-off, market observers were quick to blame various trading strategies as factors that could have exacerbated the declines. And you've heard about that, about uh, the fast, what do they call the fast trading again? The, uh, oh, yeah. Hi- hyper trading or just, just uh, there's flash trading. Not, you know, flash trading. Or it's a flash day boys, day. that was the movie. But anyway, <laughs> I know we're running out of time for the first segment, but... Uh, um, that's my Dennis Miller rant. You're, you're on a roll. You did a very good job, too. <laughs> More after the break. Yeah, can, do you have a fire extinguisher? We've got to put, some, put them out. <laughs> and he's out of coats, too. He's he's back at your coat. That's good. No, I like that one. Okay, here's our first trivia question What is the only alcoholic drink which we need right now um, <laughs> one can buy in the dry Moore County, M O O R E County, in uh, Tennessee? Right? So uh, call 888-912-1190. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that tanning certificate. What is the only alcoholic drink one can buy in the dry Moore County in Tennessee? All right? Don't touch that dial. The best in the will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. 
Welcome back to the best of investing. Edward Brown here along with Mark Hoff and Nam Fawn. Uh, first trivia question. What is the only alcoholic drink one can buy in the dry moops county? <laughs> Moore County. We're teasing about the old Seinfeld, the Seinfeld bubble, boy. bubble boy episode. Uh, the moops. Moore County the in Tennessee. Is it Jack Daniels? Yes, it is. Very good. Very good. You've been you've been to Tennessee. Have you visited? Yeah. <laughs> it's the only one county I can drink in, in yeah. Tennessee. <laughs> so that's how you do. Very good. I uh, want to make a quick mention here for the Transcendence Theater. Um, let's see, March seventeenth and eighteenth at the Marin Veterans Memorial Auditorium, right in our backyard. The ladies of Broadway are coming to Marin Center this March. Be prepared to be amazed and inspired by these powerful Broadway ladies hits. Uh, they'll be doing stuff from Motown and Legally Blonde, Mama. Mia, Wicked. I mean, these. And, and I don't know if you've ever heard of the Transcendence Theater people, but I've seen a few of their shows, and they are phenomenal. I mean, they belong on Broadway. That's how good they are. So check them out at www.ladiesofbroadway.com. All right, uh, Mark, take it away. <laughs> so, so last segment, I shared with you my uh, my so-called Dennis Miller rant on how the news reports stock market activities. But certainly, if you've been a listener of To the Best of Investing, uh, you know that uh, none of the three of us here, Nam, Edward, or myself, are um, you know fans of, of of stock market investing as our primary investment vehicle. In fact, um, you would know if you were a listener that we are you know we're fans of real estate and we're very strong believers in making real estate the anchor of your yeah. investment portfolio but that being said we do know that a you know well balanced portfolio is going to have you know stocks it may have bonds although I'm still even as I'm getting older I'm not, not a big fan of those um, you know certain types of uh, mutual funds or ETFs uh, certainly real estate and owning real estate uh, but if you've been listening to the show you know that we're also fans of real estate uh, secured alternative investment strategies like mortgage pool funds or uh, individual uh, trusted secured notes. Um, we're really big fans of debt right now. And so notwithstanding my little rant on uh, how the news reports uh, stock market volatility, and we may be entering uh, an, a new era. We've been very fortunate the last 12 months, last 12, 18 months. The stock market's been on a singular ride northbound, and now we're in a correction, and nobody knows. And again, it's Thursday afternoon. We don't know what Friday. I mean, it might go up 500 points on Friday like it did one day, this one other day this week. I forget if it was Monday or Tuesday. You know. But we may be entering a period of stock market volatility, and if that gives you, you know, heartburn, then um, maybe it is time to reposition your portfolio and, and take some of those profits that take you've earned off the table yeah, right over the last couple of years. Uh, we happen to know people who are also, you know, heavily in uh, real estate ownership that are doing the same thing. They're saying, "Look, yeah. we don't." Th in fact, we've gone to several conferences lately where we've talked to people about our debt investment strategy as a, an alternative to stocks and real estate portfolios and some people who are heavy in real estate have been saying yes I'm selling you know parts of my portfolio off because I just don't think the prices are going to get any better than they are today and that that includes both residential and uh, commercial properties right now the cap rates on commercial are extremely strong and residential properties as we know throughout California are selling it you know at, at record highs in most markets well, well let me let me back that up because um, the selling a property at let's say a four and a half cap rate mm -hmm. 
taking your chips off the table and then reinvesting it at the kind of loans that you're providing at, you know, your, your uh, mortgage the trustees, pool, you can earn anywhere from seven, seven and to eight. 9%, yeah. you know, ish. And in, in, in. exactly. So you'd be almost, almost, uh, you know, one and a, more than one and a half times, let's say, uh, it, well, actually one and three quarters times earning the, uh, rate of return on the, on the, on what you're investing. And uh, yes, it's taxable, but, um, and you're going to yeah, be giving the, up the, the, the t- potential future earnings. But if you feel like you've kind of reached an apex anyway, why not be in a very conservative position? Because if, if, if anything goes wrong, you, could, you might own that piece of property for 60 cents on the dollar rather than 100 cents on the dollar. Well, and certainly with the new tax plan that is now uh – lower tax, uh, capital gains tax rates to 20%. That has, that's one of the driving motivators for a lot of people to now sell their real estate, pay that now lower tax of 20% versus what it was before and redeploy that in, in alternative strategies like a real estate debt. So it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's something we've been hearing a lot, uh, and again, for you know, for those of you who who might be listening for the first time at Pacific Private Money, we are specialists in uh, in debt related alternative investment opportunities, and we have two types of investments that we sell at Pacific Private Money. One is um, shares in a mortgage pool fund, and we have uh, actually we have two mortgage pool funds at Pacific Private Money, and the other one is that we sell individual notes. And in fact, we just launched a website notes sales platform called privatemoneyloans.com that's privatemoneyloans plural.com and there's no obligation people can just register yeah register and take a look see some of the notes that we have on there we'll be adding more again we just launched we're still kind of in beta phase but you know mortgage pool funds for for passive investors and those who may not have ever purchased a a note before but they want the benefits of uh, investing in a fund that uh, that lends money out secured by real estate in California or if you're an experienced note buyer and you want to look at uh, some additional opportunities Maybe in addition to those that uh, you might be buying from currently, uh, privatemoneyloans.com is certainly uh, a way to go. But it's just, you know, it's, it's two methods to participate in real estate. And again, you know, I think in the long term, real estate as an anchor for your portfolio is probably one of the strongest anchors you will ever have. Uh, and, you know, and again, a mix of real estate ownership uh, as well as real estate debt. Uh, debt just has a way of giving you a, uh, a more certainty uh, in our opinion, uh, well, you're the bank. That's basically you're the, bank. Really you're the lender. You're, you're the lending bank. at secure loan to values. Uh, you're not really too concerned about the next correction in the real estate market, which we know is coming. Because if you invest in in conservative loan to value, say seventy percent or less, preferably sixty five or even sixty percent, uh, you, you know you give yourself quite a hedge against um, uh, against valuations uh, decreasing, well, decline. yeah, declining. Well, here's the, next the major cycle. thing: is that you, because you're doing short-term loans, you know, the, the odds of a property declining 30% in one year, uh, could it happen? Sure. Probable? Probably not. Because even when the, the Great Recession happened, we've talked about this before, it was more of a long decline rather yeah. than... Yeah, three a three-year decline. Right. The, the, the crash, the real estate crash wasn't a crash. It was just an extended correction that went on for three years. And of course, we do know that the dip was as much as 50, even 60 percent in some extremely overinflated neighborhoods. But, but by and large, it was 20, 25 percent. All right. So uh, when we come back, I've got some really funny senior citizen remixes 
You'll, you'll, these are funny uh, it's the, the song uh, titles that you'll really get a kick out of okay. uh, if you're quote seniors you're going to sing uh, I might I might just sing right. <clears throat> so I mean, you'll want to stay tuned direction. for that great <clears throat> excuse me um, second trivia question what candy company makes goobers and raisinets mm. which candy company makes goobers and Raisinets. Call 888-912-1190. You know, that tanning uh, certificate is worth over $100. So, nice. you know, and you can give it away to somebody. So, you know, that's a nice little prize for someone. Uh, again, what candy company makes goobers and Raisinets? And uh, don't touch that dial because the best of investing will be right back with some funny comments. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon. Yes, I'm, I'm here. I, 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 I can't tell the players on the scorecard. Pacific private money. Okay, uh, what candy company makes goobers and raise nets? I, I don't know. Yeah. Not Mars? No. Nestle. Oh, Nestle's make the very best chocolate. Okay. All right. So you ready? Now we're going to get into some fun stuff here before we get into email time. Senior citizen remixes, as they say. Okay. Uh, How can you mend a broken hip by the Bee Gees? (laughs) (laughs) And these boots give me arthritis from Nancy Sinatra. (laughs) All right. Once, twice. Three tie trips to the bathroom oh, <laughs> by the no. Commodores. Yeah. <laughs> and then talking about my medication <laughs> by the Who. <laughs> and you can't always pee when you want <laughs> by the Rolling Stones. Oh, and uh, I like this one, too. I get I get by with little help from Depends oh, by the no. Beatles. Oh, no. <laughs> that is terrible. That was pretty funny. Someone oh, gave that to God. me. I thought that was really good. Okay. <laughs> Uh, keeps me laughing in stitches. All right. Uh, so email comes in uh, for you, Mark. It says, do you have any second deeds of trust in your fund, uh, and how risky are they? So good question, and we get that a lot. We did a, uh, a fund presentation. Uh, we do our road shows all over the Bay Area every month, and uh, this past week we were at Momo's in Walnut Creek in front of a group of about 30 people, and in fact, somebody actually raised their hand and asked that question when we were talking about the Pacific Private Money Fund, uh, which is our uh, most conservative uh, investment option out there for our clients. Uh, it is a mortgage pool fund. It is a... Um, it is a uh, what they refer to as a 506 Reg D fund. You may have heard that term before. It's uh, Most funds are set up uh, like that. It basically is set up like an LLC, and all the uh, shareholders or fund members are members of the LLC. And the only thing we uh, invest in uh, with the proceeds, the investor capital in that fund, uh, are notes. We, it's, one of the, it's one of the many lenders we use at Pacific Private Money to fund the loans that we originate. And so uh, the Pacific Private Money Fund is one of our primary lenders for short-term loans that we make at Pacific Private Money. 
Most of those short-term loans we make are first position loans, either purchase money or refinance, but more often than not, it's it's a purchase. Uh, I would say uh, 75% of our portfolio are first position um, loans. Actually, that's not true. 80% uh, in in the fund overall outside of the fund, including that we might do 25%, but uh, generally speaking, 80% of the loans that we make are first position. And... um, the question was, uh, they were concerned about risky seconds in a fund and what happens when the market goes down and those properties lose value and those seconds go underwater. And I said, well, you're making a lot of assumptions in that question because, first of all, um, we don't consider them risky. Second, we are very much aware and expect the market to correct uh, in the near future. Um, third, we don't do high loan-to-value seconds. And therefore, we would be extremely surprised in the next market cycle that any of our junior liens, any of our second position notes became in jeopardy of being underwater. And the reason for that is, number one, as we alluded to in the last segment, we don't make long-term loans. So if we were making a you know five-year second and the market went down like it did in 2007, going down, let's say, in a market as much as 50%, yes, we'd be in trouble. But when we make seconds, we make seconds because they're typically borrowing the money for a business purpose where they have an exit strategy that's going to pay our loan off generally within a year, maybe two at the most, or they're borrowing the money from us because they're borrowing it against their owner-occupied home, they can't get a HELOC for whatever reason from the bank, and they're borrowing from us because they want to remodel the property and then sell it. So they've got a you know verifiable strategy on how they're going to pay us back. So when we do junior liens, generally the loan-to-value, the combined loan-to-value, the first and the second, is oftentimes well below 60%, and most of the junior liens, most of the seconds in our fund are actually have a combined loan-to-value of below 50%. So they're some of the most well-secured loans in our portfolio, and it just so happens that most private lenders and most banks, uh, for whatever reason, decide that they're just not going to make seconds. So they turn away some extremely great lending opportunities, in our opinion. But also, if I understand it correctly, you're not doing small seconds behind big firsts. Well, there's there's rules of thumb in analyzing a request for a second. And one of them is uh, we call it we don't put a guppy behind a whale. <laughs> so if there's a million dollar first and they want to borrow one hundred thousand dollars, that's a little bit, you know, outside of the risk profile that we like. If they're borrowing two hundred fifty thousand dollars behind a million and the combined loan to value is attractive to us, let's say it's 60 percent for argument's sake, then, you know, that would be something that that we would consider. seriously. seriously yeah, seriously. because, again, what we don't want to have happen is if something does go amiss and um, we have to then protect our our position, now we have to take over the loan payments on that loan in front of us. And we don't want to have a $50,000 loan uh, in front of a a million-dollar loan. You know, and this bears Behind repeating. Behind a million dollar loan, sorry. You know, uh, this was a deal of the week maybe a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we did a 375 second behind a, I think it was 1.7 first, 1.8, but the uh, property was worth, what, 11 million. So yeah, so that that kind of LTV, you would you would love to take over the first and then take over the whole property. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and that just that's just an, uh, an example of how every loan scenario we look at is we look at it from a holistic point of view. And you've heard maybe you've heard us say that on the radio before. Uh, companies like Pacific Private Money generally take a holistic approach at looking at a, a loan request. We look at the property. 
We look at the underlying debt, if there is any. We're looking at the borrower. We're looking at the story, then. What's the, what's the need for the capital? What's the transaction uh, that is contemplated here? And where's the distress? Um, more often than not, we don't make loans where the borrower is in some kind of financial distress, because even though that used to be the, um, the purview of hard money slash private money lenders uh, uh, in prior decades, it's really not uh, today, or at least it's not for companies like Pacific Private Money. We still get loan requests from people who are in f- dire financial straits, and if we just made them that $100,000 loan, everything would be great, which we know is not usually not true. But yeah. that, you know, we, you know, you, it's Dodd-Frank and, and the other ensuing um, regulatory actions to protect consumers has made it such that we actually can't legally make loans to people uh, secured by their primary residence unless uh, they can prove and we have uh, on file the evidence of their ability to make those monthly payments. So the, so equity equity loans uh, or asset-based only loans are uh, have been illegal uh, on owner-occupied uh, properties uh, since the passage of Dodd-Frank. So a lot of things have changed in the market. And if you're not aware of those, you know, you might want to, you know, give us a call or, or tune into future shows or come to one of our uh, road shows that we do uh, monthly. We also do uh, webinars and some of those webinars have been recorded and are yeah. available on our website that talk about the types of loans that we do at Pacific Private Money and why you should consider uh, an alternative investment option like the Pacific Private Money Fund, which in 2017 distributed 7.85% to our investors. And that is an audited return. And um, those are things that uh, those are returns that you're not going to find with the safety and security features that uh, we provide through our fund in other types of investments. That's true. When we come, we're going to ask one more trivia question. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about deal of the week. We want to get into some specific deals. All right. Uh, Third trivia question. What golfer is named nicknamed the golden bear? All right, call 888-912-1190 to answer that question. What golfer is nicknamed the Golden Bear? All right, 888-912-1190. If you're the first caller with the correct answer, you're going to win that free tanning certificate. All right, don't touch that dial because the best of investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing, Edward Brown with Nam Fawn and Mark Conf. Hi, trade, I, tra- I changed <laughs> it up a little bit here. Okay. Uh, third trivia question What golfer is nicknamed the Golden Bear? I'm not a golf watcher, so I don't know the answer to that. Is it Arnold Palmer? <clears throat> no, it's Jack Nicholas. Uh, Jack Nicholas. Pretty close, though. All right. I'm sure um, many of you out there knew that. And congrats to the winner. with us. <laughs> That's right, Colin. These guys don't know anything. Yeah, so the, let me just see if I understood this correctly. We asked three trivia questions, and Nam was the only one who got one right and it had to do it with, with alcohol. <laughs> okay. I just want to make sure yeah. I understand that. The only guy in the room alcohol that probably Tennessee. doesn't drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Mark, why don't you get into a couple of deals of the week? So, you know, we were talking about uh, seconds in the last segment about, uh, you know, Sec, uh, we're talking about how seconds aren't necessarily inherently risky because you have to kind of look at all of the metrics that make up a, a junior lien request, and we do that at Pacific Private Money. and And I would um, I would say that, and I would uh, put forth that probably some of the safest 
loans and also the best performing and the highest yielding loans in our portfolio are those few junior liens that we've made, some of which uh, are as low as, I think, 30% combined loan to value. So it's, it helps uh, make our portfolio of loans, uh, our overall portfolio of loans in the fund, what it is, which is below 60% loan to value on a, on a weighted average scale. So um, just to give you an idea of, of a typical type of uh, junior lien request, we got one this week from a um, from a client who has excellent income. I mean, really good income, verifiable income, and a high FICO. And he's got a house that he's been remodeling actually for a couple of years now, and he's made lots and lots of improvements, but. He hasn't run out of cash because he could finish it with the cash, but he's getting to a point where he'd like to, you know, borrow money um, in uh, in a junior position to make the improvements on his house. And he believes that his sale price for this home will be about three and a half million. And we're able to verify all of that. But what was funny about this one was he said, well, I've got a million dollar first and they need a $250,000 second. And so we're thinking, OK, well, the future value is three and a half million once the you know remainder of the remodeling is done. Even if it's three million, we're below fifty percent combined loan to value. Sounds pretty good. The metrics of the borrower look really good. So we get the application, we pull the prelim and we see that there's not just a first, but there's already a second on the property. And the second is five hundred thousand. So he's got a hundred he's got a million dollar first and a five hundred thousand dollar second. So now we realize that the loan request is not for a second, it's actually for a third. Which we've actually done those in the past. We just don't do them often because now we're talking about an added level of risk. And you know, and even with the right combined loan to value, being in third position is just typically not not done often in this industry. So we call the guy up. And say, well, Mr. Smith, you've got a first and a second. You told us you just had a first. He's all, no, 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 no. I have a first and a HELOC. So you'd be in second position behind the HELOC. So he was trying to be honest. He wasn't trying to pull the wool over your No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. But he, he seriously believed. He didn't think that a HELOC was a second loan or a second on his property. He thought, he had, no, I got a first and then I got a HELOC. And if you loan me the $250 million I need, you'll be in second position behind. I wonder, maybe he thought it was an unsecured, you know, just because. Oh, uh, like a credit card? Like, yeah, like mm-hmm. a line of credit. You know, <clears throat> so we haven't closed this loan yet, but we proposed this week to lend him less money because we discovered that he really didn't need to borrow $250,000. He really needed closer to about one hundred and fifty. Um, but we really couldn't do it without paying off the, um, the second. And so we kind of, you know, rejiggered the numbers a little bit and made him a proposal. And we, did, we don't it's not that we like doing that. It's not like we're trying to gouge the guy for fees, although I'm sure some of you out there are going, oh, yeah, sure. You know, gouge him for fees and, and make a bigger loan for a higher interest rate. It, it's not that it's, it, it's getting, you know, and we're not necessarily going to do this in our fund, but just from the aspect of, you know, being a lender and making prudent loans, it's better to be in second position. 
Yeah, I, I would say the gouging part would be is if you forced them that you're going to pay off the first also. Yeah, you have to pay <laughs> off all of the loans. We're going to make you a new first for $2 million. Right. <laughs> Charge you full rate, full fees. Um, so, again, we don't know if he'll accept that. And if he passes, we'll completely understand. Because, again, it, it's it's asking him to pay more fees uh, for less money. Um, but he does he does want to he does want to fast track the the completion of the improvements on his house. And so, again, it's an option. So, you know, th- these are the types of things that the exercises we have to go through. And, you know, every loan's a story and some stories are more interesting than others. And every now and again, you get a little surprise and sometimes it's amusing. And so we had a little bit of fun with that this week. Well, and that's an option. That's the thing is prior to coming to us, I mean, what were his options? Well, so what he is, could have done, because he makes really good income, he could just wait and just save his cash and do the improvements. But he wants to put the mark put the property on the market this spring. Right. And that's why he needs so the money now. an opportunity now. cost. That, that's too. really what it so. is. Yeah. And he'll probably get a better price because of putting it out in the spring, hopefully for himself. Right. Well, the sooner you get a property on the market, I mean, right now the market is super hot. We're past the Super Bowl, which is the traditional beginning of the real estate sales season. The weather is great. Whether or not you, you know, fear a drought, notwithstanding all of that, the weather is just awesome. And from what I understand, there is, uh, we've got the upcoming week. Weekend, uh, the first uh, open house weekend after Super Bowl, and agents that I have been talking to are expecting there to be like record crowds oh, of yeah. people out it's there. It's already spring. But here's yeah. the thing: yeah. is that if we continue to see mortgage rates um, go up at the pace they've been going up in the last, you know, thirty, forty-five days, you know, we we don't know what's going to trigger you know, a, a change in the cycle or, or you know, at well, what rate do mortgage rates need to get up to before people stop qualifying for the type of home that they'd like yeah. to move into? I mean, some people yeah. who are maybe sitting on the fence going, well, I'm going to wait for rates to drop. They may go, you know what? We better do something now to lock it right. before it goes up. But right? six months from now or even four months from now, because we've had seasons. If you go back and yeah. look at the last five years and we've had some great spring markets going into early summer and other early spring markets that turned into late spring surprises and not in a good way for realtors going, wow, it just got awfully quiet all of a sudden. So we don't know that whether that's going to happen again. So if you're looking to sell your property, if you believe that, uh, that, um, you know, if, if, well, if, if you believe real estate prices are, are, maybe not going to go much higher, certainly now's the time. If you're thinking of, of maybe, you know, repositioning your investment uh, uh, base, certainly now would be a good time to put your home on the market because I'm not a buyer right now because I am waiting for the next cycle. I'm waiting for that event or that series of events that triggers the market to switch from a seller's market to a buyer's market. And you're not in a position now where you have to sell. Right, you've oh. got the luxury of being able to wait. Oh, for myself, for my personal yeah, for home. Personal oh, yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. this just just is just a wish. I'm just you know, yeah. my wife and I are looking forward to buying another home in in a nearby community, but we're deciding to wait because we think the market right now is frothy, and we think people mm-hmm. are putting their homes on the market with an expectation of getting multiple offers yeah, above and dollar. some significantly above asking. Yeah, max value. So, yeah, max value. Yeah. So, uh, particularly at the higher end, we're seeing more people in Marin County, for example, listing their homes at five and 
six million, and we can do a little, you know, pull a property profile and find out. Yeah, two or three years ago they bought it for half the price they're asking for it now, and didn't do a whole heck of a lot to it. So there's just a lot of people just like know, Bitcoin, testing the water, specu- speculating yeah. on Bitcoin. Yeah, but uh, and, and those aren't going to be flying off the shelves. But the general, you know, the the, the lower end of the market certainly right now, East Bay, for example, Berkeley, Oakland, on fire. So um, good time to be uh, considering putting your home on the market now. Gotcha. Uh, Nam, when we come back, I want you to get into a question from a client about an IRA. Sure. All right. Yep. That'll, that'll be a good one. All right. So we, we ran out of our trivia questions. I know you guys had fun with them, but uh, sorry, no more. So, <laughs> but stay with us because when we come back, Nam's going to explain uh, some stuff about IRAs and investing in the fund. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the best of investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Now, Nam, uh, you've got some interesting information about uh, a question about an IRA. Yeah. So this came out of our last fund event. Actually, two questions. Um, first one is this gentleman um, said he's currently has, a, has an IRA with another with a custodian a large custodian and didn't even know that he could roll it over and wanted to know number one how do you roll over or how do you invest if you have an ira right now and then number two is um, the fact that oh i didn't know that you can invest uh, your ira money in a fund like ours so the answer is yes you can and the first step is um, if it's a custodian that doesn't invest directly in to Pacific Private Money, uh, by the way, you know we do have one Fidelity that uh, where you can. Is we have a QSO number for that. Is you have to roll it over to with a self-directed custodian. Okay. So it's a two-step process. You roll it over from your current custodian into a self-directed. And then from there, you can invest directly in our fund. Really, it's very easy. It may sound a little complicated, but if you have any questions, you can call us on that. And the other, the other part of his question was, and this was interesting, he didn't realize, he thought he had to close out his existing IRA right. and roll it into a new self-directed IRA. And we told him, no, just take a portion out yeah, and right. invest. Take a portion out of your existing IRA, put it into another IRA. You can have more than one IRA. I told him many of our clients have multiple IRAs. Well, here's the other thing, too, is instead of even a rollover, he could just do a trustee-to-trustee transfer. So there's no limitation. There's no that 60-day rollover period. You just basically ask the current trustee, hey, transfer a portion of my IRA, you know, $100,000 into this other IRA. And we're happy to take all of it. But, you know, you don't have to. uh, You don't have to. Yes, we are. Is the point. And uh, do you want to answer that one question, the other question? Yeah, the other question was um, a potential investor was asking for his mom. Um, he said, I don't he think... He was going, she... Mommy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, asking on behalf of his uh, mom. On behalf of his mom. <laughs> Not asking yes, his mom's so permission. Different yeah. question. <laughs> he said, I don't think she's accredited. And I said, okay, well, can you tell us a little bit more about the scenario? And he said, well, she has, you know, half a million dollars sitting in a CD collecting really low, under a percent. Um, she lives with my sister. Uh, so my sister taking care of her. I said, well, does she have another, does she have a home? She's like, yeah, she has a home. She doesn't live in it anymore, though. So I said, is anyone living in it? She's like, no, he's not, she's not renting it. Um, but it's worth a million dollars, and it's free and clear. 
because she lives with her sister, the mother lives with, excuse me, the daughter, his yeah, sister, which is her now primary residence. Right. Yeah. Her, the home that she owns that they raise a family in, but nobody lives in now is now can now be part of that calculation of a million dollar net worth. Yeah, it's almost right. like it a second considered home investment or property investment or second property. home. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. for qualifications of accreditation. Yeah. Wow, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So there might be an opportunity for his mom to earn more than the half percent she's making on that half a million. So. Now, we have also gotten requests from uh, clients who are accredited themselves and have, you know, an account in the fund and want to open one on behalf of their children. Now, their children are not accredited investors. And what we've told them is, look, you could open up an account FBO your child or children, but you would still have to be the person who is the owner of the account uh, and being accredited. You would also have to recognize the interest income. We would not be uh, sending the K-1 statements to your children, but you can do that. I mean, I've, I've done that, in fact, uh, for my own mother. I've got an FBO account. So. Well, if, they're, if the child is old enough, then you could do a joint account and use the Social Security number of the child. Hmm. Right. Because we're not talking about if, if, if it's not a minor child. No, we're but, talking but, about for purposes of being an accredited investor. But no, I know. I understand. Um, but I mean, if you have a joint account, wouldn't you be able to take the primary that let's say that the, the, the father? I believe, I believe there's a number of ways you can set that okay. up. But but one way that we've had plants set up is just simply just, just open up a separate yeah. account, FBO, uh, your child's name. And mm-hmm. then but you would still be the one getting the K1 at the end of the year. Right. Well, guys, this was uh, very fast. This well, was very fun hour. and very fast. All right. Thoughts for the day. One of the hardest decisions you'll ever face in life is choosing whether to walk away or try harder. Mm. That's a good one. That's a good one. And every day is a second chance. That's true, too. You know, you wake up and it's a new day. Forget about the old, in with the new. That's right. All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So long. You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on the Bay Area's Business Leader. AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.